This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guest this week is Howard Bihar. Howard is a renowned business leader, author, speaker, and mentor. For 21 years, Howard led Starbucks domestic business as president of North America, and he became the founding president of Starbucks International. During his tenure, he participated in growth of the company from 28 stores to 15,000 stores spanning in five continents. He serves as the Starbucks Board of Directors for 12 years before retiring. He now serves on the board of several nonprofits and for-profits today. So welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast, Howard. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. It's my pleasure. So one question I ask every single guest, Howard, is what's one thing people might not know about you? Uh, but I don't have a college degree. And how, how much did that stop you? Well, it mentally, it, it did, you know, it stopped me a little bit along the way because I was insecure about it. And so I had to overcome that. I still, you know, I look back at my life and say, God, I should have done that. Should have, could have, would have. But, but it was more a mental thing than it was a reality. I mean, I had to do things. Other, I felt I had to do things other people wouldn't do. I always say I'm the best at picking up cigarette butts there is, you know, and a lot of a lot of people with college degrees don't want to pick up cigarette butts, you know. <laughs> so how'd you overcome that? You know, I just I just became a learner. And I said I can learn anywhere. And I was really good at learning by doing. And that, you know, was a, a strength that I had. And I'm I'm a listener and I was curious all the time. I would ask lots of questions and and I had lots of people along the way that helped me, you know, and a little bit of luck. That's great. So I want to start at the very beginning around with, with you specifically. So I, I like how we kind of blended in the, the conversation about you not going to, to university. But, you know, I, I want to get into a bunch of other stuff. But first is, uh, what's your personal mission statement? Every day I want to nurture and inspire the human spirit, beginning with myself first and then for others. And the reason why I say self first is that I've learned that if I'm not okay with me, it's very difficult to help somebody else. So that's my mission statement. And how, how are you doing with that mission statement? I live it, try to live it every day. Uh, you know, this is part of it, you know, doing what we're doing here today. And uh, I just, you know, I, my job in life is to serve others. And, and in so doing, I serve myself. So it's, it's not a one-way street. I, I love it, Howard. Uh, my personal mission statement is to have fun serving others. And well, so it's it aligns well. If I'm not having fun and I'm not serving people, then I should be doing something else. So very cool. I, I like that already. So, you know, you kind of talked about throughout the all, all the conversations that I've looked at, the books that I've read that you've created, it's so focused on people. So what what made you focus on, on the people first? Well, you know, I always think that things go back to family of origin stuff. And my dad had a small mom and pop grocery store back when they had charge accounts for individual customers. There were no credit cards, you know, mm -hmm. and I watched him serve his customers, which were his neighbors and his friends. And, and I watched how he treated them and that, you know, that 
kind of formed it, as well as my mother, who had a, came from a very large family of, of actually 14 children, 11 of them who survived and came to the United States. So I watched how they got along with each other and, and what they did. So I think a lot of it is family of origin. It fit my personality. You know, I, I was uh, kind of the third born of in our family by a long shot. My brother was 10 years older. My sister was 14 years older. And my dad was 50 when I was born. So I could do no wrong, you know, so to speak. And there was a kindness about that and a support about that. I mean, there are things that weren't so good, but but most of the things were good. Sure. So the way that he was treating his his friends, his his neighbors yeah. um, with these charge accounts, what did you take with you on, on your journey throughout your career? I'll give you a little story. Uh, I was about eight or nine years old. I used to go to the store every day after school. And uh, as my dad was ringing somebody up on the cash register, it wasn't even a cash register. It was a, a hand crank adding machine. It had 10 buttons across, 10 buttons down, you know, and he'd, that's what he'd do. And then he'd take that piece of tape and attach it to their little booklet that had, it was a charge account. So he said to me, Howard, go get me a couple of baskets of strawberries or bananas. I can't remember what it was mm-hmm. now. And I did, and I brought them up and my dad just put them in the customer's bag and the customer walked out. I was old enough to, re- to understand that he hadn't rung those up on the cash register because there was no bing, you know? You know how it went bing when you pulled the crank? And he just looked at me, he said, son, not everything we do in life do we need to get paid for. Sometimes we just do things to help other people. And I happen to know these people are, you know, right now can't afford to buy fresh fruit. And it was just my way of saying thank you. And so, you know, I never thought too much about that, but it's so true. Not everything we do in life do we need to get paid for. We don't need to get trophies for things that we do. We don't need to get recognized. We do them because we want to do them. And he was about serving others. And that's who he was as a person. I I appreciate that story. And I love that you you still remember that vividly outside of the fruit, but you know, on on how, how that's impacted you moving forward. And you're talking about to do things that, that don't cost. Uh, One of the things that you specifically did that did something that didn't cost was before you began your journey on Starbucks, uh, you asked to work in a Starbucks at no cost. I just did in the store, but I worked in the plant for a few days, worked in the trucks for a few days and worked in the stores for two or three days. So what was the goal? The goal was for Howard Schultz to get, who was the CEO to look at me and I could look at him and them. And I said, why not? You know, so you don't need to get paid to do that. And what were you hoping to achieve in the, in the time that you were in those different locations? I I was to get an understanding of what was real and what wasn't. There's always a gap between what the founder says and what actually happens. And I was looking for that gap and, and for what was positive, not just, not wasn't, but, and that gave me an opportunity to talk to people, you know, they didn't know what I was doing and no, I was just another person in the plant, you know? And so I had that opportunity and I, I learned firsthand what was really going on there. And by the end of that first week, I said, this is a place for me. And so what did you see at the end of that first week that made you think that? Just how the people were treated, how they treated each other, the energy that was there, the, the feeling that I had that they were committed to this and that it was something that I could get behind. Was it a culture that, that they created? Yeah, it was culture. Yeah. No question. Culture forms everything. So yeah. And, and I, yeah, there was no question about that. It was a culture, but also I could see what they were doing and what they were trying to do. 
and the commitment they had to to have great coffee. So you had the the two the two Howards. You had a the trio that was kind of building this growth engine called yeah. Starbucks. You know what what were the things that that you were good at? What are the things that the other two were good at, and to make that strength of the of the trio? Well, Howard Schultz was a big dreamer. He wanted to be a star. You know, and he came from a very poor family and outside of Brooklyn, New York, and he wanted to go back to Brooklyn, the conquering hero. And, and so he had that drive. Warren Smith, who was another leg of the stool, they called us H2O, two Howards and an Oren. And Oren, <laughs> Oren was kind of had, he was, they, we used to call him the tortoise because he, you know, you never knew what Oren, you could sit and have an hour conversation with Oren. He didn't know what he was thinking. You know, and, and then a week later, he would come back to you, you know, but Oren was the, was, just, he was Mr. Solid. He had a financial background, a uh, audit background with Deloitte Touche. And so he, you know, he was the numbers guy, but, but he was also just Mr. Consistency, Mr. Solid. And I was the people guy. I was highly emotional, highly charged. My belief was the business wasn't about coffee. It was about people. And I kept driving that within the organization. And that's, you know, what I hope I left behind. But it, it, was, um, it was a good combination. Uh, the three of us were really different, but there was a lot of similarities. None of us came from much. Uh, we all believed in people and we wanted to build something unique. And that, that you did. It was, you know, one of your sayings is you're not in the coffee business serving people, but the people business serving coffee. And so- Correct. Was that saying there before you arrived? No, no. The company thought it was in the coffee business. And I kept telling everybody, the coffee's important, but we're not in the coffee business. Yeah. Do we sell coffee? Yes. But we're in the people business. Because once you hire that first person, other than yourself, once Howard Schultz decided to hire somebody, he is no longer in the coffee business. Now he's in the people business because that's what makes it work. I mean, you know, the coffee's got to be good, or at least in our belief. You know, they used to call us Charbucks in the early days because we had such a dark roasted coffee. <laughs> but we ate with what we knew and what we loved, and that's what made it work. And I just kept driving that with inside the company. That little saying is alive today at Starbucks. I love that. So the time where you guys all all started out there, what were your uh, big, hairy, audacious goals? What were you trying to achieve? Was it trying to be the the 15,000 stores or what was it? What was the, the BHAG at that time? No, the B, you know, we did work with Jim Collins. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who came up with that saying, the BHAG, Big Hairy Audacious Goal. And our Big Hairy Audacious Goal is something I plagiarized from my own mission statement. We wanted to be one of the most well-known and recognized organizations in the world, one of the most well-known and recognized organizations in the world, known for nurturing and inspiring the human spirit. Not a, anything about how much profit we wanted to make, how many stores we wanted to have, and how much we wanted to sell, but rather who we wanted to be seen as, and what we wanted to do. And nurturing, uh, known for nurturing and inspiring the human spirit, you know, that, that's been a driving force ever since. Mm. And so what, with, with, the, with the mission statement or the BHAG that you guys created, you went from 28 stores, like I said, to 15,000 stores. How difficult was that to keep that BHAG aligned and, and keep, keep the people focused uh, as you can kind of had that that tsunami of growth, it was difficult. You had to be 100% focused up, focused on. I went from from being uh, operationally focused to totally being BAG focused, 
And I, I gave the same speech probably a thousand times that we, know we, weren't, we weren't in the uh, coffee business serving people, but in the people business serving coffee and what that meant. And I just kept, no matter where we opened, that was the story. No matter what, what newspaper was interviewing me, that was the story. I like that. It's uh, I had the opportunity to interview Horst Schulz, uh, one of the uh, founders, founding members of the Ritz Carlton, and yep. he kept saying it was all about the people as well. So uh, I like I like this uh, parallel. If you think it's not, you're wrong. And yeah. hard to say that, but that's the fact. Now I realize that entrepreneurs start a company because they see an opportunity for a service or product they can sell, and that's how it starts. But that's not. After that first step, then it's always about people, the people you serve and the people who are doing the serving. Well said. So looking back, back to that growth, what were the pivotal points that that you think were the biggest success points factors in, in that growth trajectory? Well, we, you know, we were constantly hiring great people that were better than we were. That was a big one. I mean, we, you know, we never actually, until the downturn came in 2007, 2008, we never caught up with the people needs. So that was a big one. Yeah, another big one was we, we always raised more cash than we thought we needed. And you know that gave us the operating capital to, to grow. So those were two big pivotal points. I think the other thing was that we didn't really understand what we had and, and until we started opening stores closer together. And all of a sudden we realized, God, we could put stores across the street from each other and they would work. Once we figured that out, then we said, oh my gosh, this thing is a lot bigger than we thought. And, and that, that really drove us. So what, what else was the success? I mean, it, it kind of the, the brand engagement uh, that you guys are well known for, if you think of some of the, the leaders in the, in the space for just brand recognition and Starbucks is near the top, if not. I don't think of the word, I hate the word brand. I think brand is something that you manipulate. Okay. I think rather we were, uh, we were an organization that believed in its mission and it wasn't about a brand. It was about serving people. You know, that's what really built the company was that idea that we were here to serve each other first and then serve those human beings we call customers. And if we did that well, we built relationships and it would work. And that's what we believed in and still believe in today. You know, have we been successful always? No, we haven't. Have we always done the right thing by our people? No, but we, we were good at self-correcting. So you also mentioned the fact that you uh, hire people that are smarter than yourselves. Yeah. When, it, when it comes to hiring those people, what attributes are you looking for to find those right leaders? I always look for values first. What are their values and how do they live those values? You know, their, their work experience, the, the skills that they have, those, those have merit and certainly they're important depending on the, where the position they're going to be in. But if they, they weren't good human beings, if they weren't committed to serving others, then they couldn't survive at Starbucks. And a lot of people got through the sieve, you know, but, and then eventually didn't make it. But it was usually, it was hard to get fired at Starbucks for missing your numbers. It was easy to get fired for at Starbucks for screwing with the people. So what were the questions that you were asking just out of curiosity to kind of sift out some of these people? Because, uh, you know, people can have great resumes per se or uh, fluff their their answers to questions. Yeah. But how are you sifting through those to get those right people? Well, I had lots of questions. I had uh, I'd always ask if, if you have a brother or sister, tell me about your brother or sister. Tell me what they like about you, what they don't like about you. 
what would your what did your parents uh, wish you would have become versus what you've become? What was the most uh, conflicted human experience you had with another human being, and what happened? What uh, if I had a magic wand and I wave it over your head and you were making the money you wanted to make tomorrow morning? What would you be doing with your life? You know, and I asked human questions. You know. Tell me about yourself. What are your three core? What are three of your core values? How do those core values influence the decisions and the actions you take in your life? So I was looking for that kind of stuff. And then, you know, if, if I was interviewing somebody for operations and I would go into that, but most of the time, you know, I was interviewing for senior officers for all different parts of the company, other people interviewed for skill sets. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm going to uh, borrow uh, those questions and and send those to others because I like their their human questions because at the end of the day we're interviewing humans we're not yeah. we're not interviewing just a number no exactly so the way that I understand it and and I believe is that people's purpose should be bigger than themselves Absolutely. and I think you do as well right so do. Um, how do you convince others that 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 is the case or how do you hire the right people to make sure that that is the case in a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Well, you know, that's where the values questions come in. What do they talk about? Do they talk about what I, you know, all they want to do is make money and they want, you know, or do they talk about how they want to serve others? And if, if they talk about that, if they're people centric, usually they they get they are able to attach to a purpose bigger than themselves. For me, I have my six P's. That's how I drive myself. Goes okay. along with the mission statement. The first P is purpose. Everything I do in life has to have a purpose bigger than me. It has to be about something that's more relevant than than me, than more than serving myself. The second P is if I have a purpose greater than myself, then I damn well better be passionate about it. Scream it from the highest mountaintops. Really commit to it. Get up in the morning, be charged, ready to go. Third P is persistence. Nothing happens in life without persistence. You know, and the river we call life, you know, there are a lot of rocks. Some of those rocks step up, step, uh, stick up above the water, and it's amazing how we hit those anyway. But you got to figure out how to get over, around, through them, or blow them up. There's rocks that are below the waterline. We don't see them coming. When we go smack into them, we don't. We didn't even understand that the rock was there. And then there's those. Then those rocks that we put there ourselves. It's amazing how many rocks we put in our own way. But still, we got to get through those. So the third P is you got to be persistent with what you're trying to do. The fourth P is patience. And you'd say pers- patience. Well, that's Howard. That's the opposite of persistence. No, it isn't. Patience means that not everything comes in the time frame you want. We don't always develop the skills in the time frame that we want to develop them. People don't always see the world in the way which we see it. So we have to have patience with ourselves and others. 
and the results will come if you have persistence. Then the fifth P is performance. Facts are in life, you got to perform, right? I don't care where it is in life. If you, if you have a family and you commit to go to your kid's soccer game, you better show up. If you uh, commit to a monogamous relationship, then you better live up to that commitment with your significant other. If you commit to get something done at work at time, you better get it done or you better tell somebody why you're not going to and ask for help. But performance matters in this world from taking out the garbage, which is my job in the house to being honest and truthful with my wife. And then the fifth P or sixth P is people. Everything I do in life has to revolve around serving others. And so my six P's drive my life. And those are, those are awesome. I, I thought, I thought it was good to just have a personal mission statement, but uh, known for the six P's, it's something to strive for. And it's making me uh, think and reflect on on what I want to do here in the future. So I appreciate you sharing those. Absolutely. One of the things that you also touch on was the difference between maximizing profits and optimizing profits. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, there's this belief in you know the business schools that you have to maximize profit for the shareholders. And I don't believe that. I, I think you optimize profits. You've got to give your shareholders an adequate return, but you also have to treat your people well, pay your people well. You have to um, uh, pay your vendors. You have to serve your communities. It, you know, there's lots of conflict about this. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much we're still talking. We're still talking about it. And there are some business leaders that believe that their job is to maximize return for shareholders. But the minute you go to maximizing, that means that you're not serving everybody. And along that journey, you got to serve everybody because if you maximize then maybe you'd raise your prices too high for your customers, right? You're trying to take advantage of your customers, try to take advantage of your people. And it just doesn't work over the long haul. And, you know, there are conflicts. I'm not saying that there aren't. There are. And you have to deal with them all. But that's what leadership is all about. Sometimes you get a little more here. Sometimes you get a little less here. Sometimes you get a little more there. And that's that's the, the journey of life. It's that old word balance in life. I don't believe there's any balance. I, th- I think the goal, the goal in life is not to balance your life, but, but to integrate it. And that's the same thing. You integrate all the facets of the business and to make them work together. And so, you know, optimizing is a better word than maximizing. Maximizing to me is about greed. Yeah. Thanks for the clarification. I think it's I think there's even a group called Conscious Capitalism, and it's yeah, it's I've optimizing your profits. The John Mackey started that, right? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people uh, of my listeners, either on the customer service side or the customer experience side, when it comes to you starting and focusing on the people, are you focusing on the employee experience side or the customer experience side first? No, the the, the what we call partners, employee side first. You don't take care of your people; they don't take care of the those human beings we call customers. And I don't like the word customer because I think customer implies that, that those human beings you're serving have a dollar bill pasted to their forehead. And if you just say the right thing or do the right thing, you'll get the dollar bill. In our business, it shouldn't, at least it shouldn't be about that. It's about service first. And if you do that well, you'll get the dollar bill, you know, but, but it is, the goal is not to manipulate so you get the dollar bill. That's why I push against the idea of brand. This should not be about manipulation. Right? So should it be more focused on the human experience? 
Yeah, the human experience about honesty, about authenticity, about vulnerability. It, yeah. I mean, you know, do you want to manipulate your wife or your husband? Do you want to manipulate your kids? Do you want to manipulate your brothers or sisters? No. We want to have real relationships that are based in authenticity and vulnerability, honesty, caring for others. And there's no conflict with that in making money. You can make there's zero conflict that people think there is, but there is no conflict. They go together. Yeah, agreed. Is there looking back in the in the time that you were at Starbucks? Uh, what, what's the biggest thing that you would go back and and tell? Howard Bihar of of day one, uh, what to watch out for? Where are those rocks in the water to make sure that you could improve or adjust? Uh, it's always around people. It's always did I choose the right people because you make mistakes anytime you're hiring people from the outside. I don't care how good your interview process. I don't care how much time you spend. You're going to make mistakes. So. Take all the time you need. Remember, you're not hiring somebody. You're extending an invitation for them to come into your home, your home being the workplace, right? So you're exposing your, I'll use this as an analogy. When you invite somebody into your home, you're exposing your children to people. Are these the people that you want to expose your children to? The people that you hire, are these the people that you want to be on your team and be influencers of others in your organization? And so those are the things I always you know, go back to and say, where did I blow it? And it usually always around people. So if you had that opportunity to be that, the, the person on day one to listen to that statement, how would you have reacted to that statement if it was told to you? You know, I would have probably taken more time in the interview process, had more people do it, done a better job of checking. Who are these people really? I'd have probably had them work in the company for a week for free. <laughs> I you can't do that, but but I would probably, you know, uh, had them work in the company and say, you take a look at me, I'll take a look at you, we'll pay you whatever it is, minimum wage, and and you take a look and I'll take a look. Like that is so I have two questions at the very end of every podcast episode. And the first question is if you could leave a note to every single uh employee in in every single company is can it hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? It's say it's it's not about me. It's about we. And anytime you get think it's about you, you're wrong. It's not about you. It's about us. And that that's a difficult thing because people have their own self interest, and understandably so. Uh, but at the end of the day, unless you become a team, unless the culture is about we, you're going to be in trouble. And uh, that's kind of what's happened a little bit at Starbucks with this whole union thing at Starbucks. There's some people that think it's about me, and it's not. And Starbucks made some mistakes, but Starbucks has pretty much lived up. I, I look back at my time there, and I have, did we make a lot of mistakes? Yes, we did. Are there things I'm not proud of? Yes. But overall, we've lived up to our commitment and continue to live up to the commitment. And so, you know. That's what I would say to the people. Live up to your commitments, be authentic, be, be vulnerable, be honest. Great. So uh, the last question I have for you is, what book or person in the last year has influenced you the most? Well, probably a book called The Boys in the Boat. The Boys in the Boat is a story about the 1936 Olympics in Nazi Germany and about a University of Washington crew that won the, won the Olympics that year. And they were a bunch of no-nothings, no-nothings, 
four kids that came together as a team with their coach and the guy that made the, the, the boats. And it's a wonderful story about how teamwork and about how caring for each other and persistence pays. So that, that would be the book. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful book, wonderful story. Probably the person that influenced me most in this last year has been my wife. You know, she's, she's been here the whole way and uh, has supported me and cared about me and loved me. And it's made such a difference in my life to know that I'm not judged and that, you know, she, she loves me. I mean, there's nothing better than that. There's definitely nothing better than that. And speaking of books, the book is called It's Not About the Coffee, Lessons on Putting People First from a Life at Starbucks. Howard, what's the best way for my listeners to to connect with you? Is it LinkedIn? Is it right now my telephone number and my email address? Okay. My telephone number is my cell phone is 206-972-7776. And my email address is HB. My initials at howardbhar.com. So I'm slow sometimes to get back, but I'll always get back. That's great. Howard, I've uh, enjoyed the conversation, enjoyed the book, and uh, wishing you but nothing but success. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate this. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.